<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Prez and Adop. It's time to bear down. Let's get it. Let's get this dub this week, Sean. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we preview our Week 8 opponent, the San Francisco 49ers, with special guest Vish Kumarin from Blake and Vish Sports. Hey, Doug, you feeling better after Sunday, man? You still feeling down? Feeling a little bit better, man. We got the 49ers, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well, don't, don't go into it over too overconfident now. The way we've been playing, man, we can't be looking down on any opponent coming in here, bro. <laughs> I'm with you there. We cannot. I agree. <laughs> Well, audience, I told you guys we had a special guest today. Vish, talk to him. How you doing there, bro? I'm doing well, man. It's good to connect with you guys. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, of course, of course. Our, our friend John Chapman that we had on the show uh, last year, he spoke very highly of you, and I said, I'm going to check out some of his stuff. And audience, he's got a really dope YouTube channel. You're not going to be disappointed with some of his takes because we were talking pre-show, and I'm telling you right here, A-Dub, what did he tell us? Steve Young, better than Joe Montana. I was like, ooh, and he said it with his chest. SCG, I mean, all the confidence in the world saying that. <laughs> well, I didn't live through both of them. I can only go back and watch. And, you know, I don't, so I don't have the vantage point of Joe Montana's legacy and Joe Montana, what he meant to the 49ers and the fact that the four Super Bowls, not throwing an interstate perception in the Super Bowl, I just have this objective point of view as what they do as individual quarterbacks. And when you look at what Steve Young did as an individual quarterback, especially in 96 and 97 and 98, when that team wasn't as good and, you know, Montana played without the salary cap and they had basically the number one defense, number one offense every year. And you look at what Young did. It's hard for me to say that Montana was a better individual quarterback than Young. Young was also more athletic. He made more plays with his legs. I, I just look at it as he was a more impactful player physically, even though, you know, Montana's legacy is untouchable. Like Montana's legacy is definitely great, but Young, to me, is the better player. Listen, A-Dub, I mean, when Vish explains it like that, it, it kind of gets me to reconsider. So, Vish, I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I, lo I love the mm -hmm. fighting Irish. So when I think of Joe Montana, I just think about that. Also, I think about those Montana to Rice moments, those Montana to Taylor moments. So I understand. I get it. But, no, I mean, listen, anytime someone has a strong take like that, I just always, like, give him a hard time. But, shit, at least you backed it up with some strong points because Steve Young was as athletic as they come. And we actually, at that point in time, we weren't really used to seeing quarterbacks move around like that, eh, Doug? No, we weren't, man. And uh, he kind of helped change some of that game around that. The other thing is, right, because people point – the big thing with Steve Young is that he couldn't win the big one, right? But the Dallas teams from 91 to 93, I, I mean, realistically, who was beating them? You list the 10 best teams in NFL history, and those Dallas teams are right in there with anybody else. I mean, yep. their offensive line is maybe the greatest in NFL history. Oh, Edmund God. Smith, yes. you could argue, is a top three, top four running back of all time. Michael Irvin's a top 10 receiver of all time. You go down their defense, it was so stacked top about him. So it's like, it's an issue with sports. I mean, I, well, so we're going to talk about a guy that's the quarterback for the team I like that's a big QB wins guy, but. There's too much attributed to the QB when it comes to wins and losses. And the reality of the situation is the 49ers can beat the Cowboys because they were an inferior team to the Cowboys, not because Steve Young had 
specific issues, in my opinion. Hey, talk that talk. Well, I have to ask you now, because we, we, let, we let you talk about those glory days, because those were some great days there for you guys. Present day, what are some of your early season thoughts with your team, man? It's been a brutal watch, honestly. You know, the season even, they started off technically strong against two not very good football teams in Detroit and Philadelphia. Detroit competed with them, but Detroit has competed with everybody. Philadelphia is not a very good football team, in my opinion. They lost Brandon Brooks. They lost Brandon Graham both in that game. And, you know, the Niners struggled to pull away. And even at that point, most people who were objectively looking at football and watching the entire league were like, hey, this Niners team is not what we expected because a lot of people expected one of the better football teams in the NFL top to bottom when you looked at the roster. Then the Green Bay loss on Sunday night. I mean, the start to that game was ugly. But then you finish the game with Aaron Rodgers making two throws that who else makes those throws? I mean, 25 <laughs> yards layered in cut over yep. Fred Warner. It's it's impossible, but he does it on a daily basis. You can't stop that. And then the um, Cardinals game was brutal. You look at the recent game and the recent loss to the Seattle loss to me was the worst of all of them because I don't think Seattle's a good football team at all. Yeah, and the Fortnite right. managed to beat themselves. And then Finally, it all culminates with them coming off the bye. And, you know, they were playing in a monsoon, but it was a horrific performance versus the Colts. I'm not very bullish on the 49ers future prospects. I I don't know at this point what they do really well. I think they have a solid defense. I think they have an okay offense, but I don't think there's something you can write home on upon with the 2021 49ers and say, if they just keep doing this, they can win games just doing this because they're finding some ways to lose games. They show they're talented. There's potential everywhere, but they just continue to show that they're missing that little extra where our defensive line, we're going to win games with our defensive line. Our front's going to dominate games. That's not the case this year. Our defense is going to dominate games. Well, your defense has to take the football away to dominate games. They don't do that very well. Our offense is going to dominate games with the run game. They don't run the football the way Kyle Shanahan teams are used to running the football. And then the drop back pass game with this team has always been a problem. It continues to be a problem. And there's a lack of weapons outside of Debo Samuel today with George Kittle hurt and Brandon Nayuk not living up. So it's been a very rough season so far. I have to ask you this just because that game is fresh in my mind, that Colts game. What were your thoughts on that challenge by Shanahan? I'm a little bit cynical when it comes to sports media. I think sports media always has narratives, especially writers, and they push things a certain way. I thought that challenge from Kyle Shanahan was butt fumble bad on national TV. For him to challenge a play (laughs) that was essentially unchallengeable, what were you challenging? There was nothing to challenge. Um, I thought it was bullshit. I I thought it was terrible. I I thought, you know, if uh, Matt Nagy did it, this would be the headline and the talking point on every single morning talk show host. I mean, I love Kyle Shanahan personally, so I'm okay with him not taking it. But if you want me to objectively look at it, that was terrible. It was pathetic. It was awful. I thought his justification was even worse because he said that, you know, I didn't see the play and somebody else fumble on the sidelines immediately immediately threw the flag. It's like the first job of a head coach. And one of the most interesting things to me about the NFL is none of the jobs that they hire you to do prepare you to do the job you're supposed to do, right? Like an offensive coordinator is not asked to do what a head coach does in the NFL. And the number one job of a head coach in the NFL is not to call plays. It's not to scheme up things. It's to manage the game. You have to manage the game. 
And that's why people who manage the game, like John Harbaugh, who don't have expertise in either off, they, of course they have expertise. I mean, they don't have a scheme where they want to run this scheme on offense or they want to run this scheme on defense. They're still, you know, successful for 15 years because they manage the game well. And for him to say he just heard someone say fumble and throw it, why aren't you watching the game? Why aren't you yep. paying attention to what's happening? I thought it was bad. And I, again, it, it was butt fumble bad. It was Jimmy G backward pass against the Packers bad. It was terrible. Yeah, and, and I wondered your thoughts on that because I thought the same thing too. Whenever you're hearing the coach saying that kind of stuff, and you're right, if Nagy would have said anything like that in the presser, oh my God, he would have been getting crucified. I mean, I already take enough shots at him, so I'm sure I probably would have loaded in on him as well. <laughs> yeah, I know Press took a lot of us, but I definitely get your point. When we look at the situation, the quarterback for San Francisco, so Jimmy G, we found out that he's going to be starting on Sunday. But I have to get your thoughts on the quarterback situation that you guys have there. We had our own unique issues there, and we're still experiencing them right now. But I want to get your thoughts on how Shanahan's handled the Trey Lance situation. I think he's handled the Trey Lance aspect of the situation more or less like fine. It's hard. They're in a really, really tough spot because they are paying Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million. And he is, you know, a league average starting quarterback. Like when you rank 32 quarterbacks, he fits somewhere at like 21 or 20. And you can, that's serviceable. It's tough to be that guy. And he is one of those guys. So there is value to that. There's no doubt about that. But then, you know, they traded up all of this to draft a guy, but the guy has shown, you know, he has immense potential. Anybody who sees it, every, my word, when I watch Trey Lance, especially what I've watched and seen is encouraging. You know, there's so much that's so raw in his game, but you're encouraged by the fact that he gets better. You're encouraged by the fact that he seems to have an idea of where to go with the football. You're encouraged by the fact that he's very athletic and he moves well within the pocket and all of those things. But, um, so I, I think he's kind of managed these two guys in the way this situation is more or less fine. It's it's you can always find fault in these type of situations, especially when you're a two and four football team that's lost four straight. But the, the process to me is more important than the results, and the process kind of makes sense. Where I fault him is while he's managed the quarterback position fine, it's not the right quarterback position. It's not the right quarterback situation for this football team. And I think he's mismanaged the quarterback situation for this football team since 2017. And I think that's why he's trending towards having four losing seasons in his five years as a head coach, in spite of being a guy that most people look and say he's immensely talented. Like I would want that guy to coach my team. He's only 40, like two years old. He could be a next, like, all-time great coach like his dad and everything but the reason his record doesn't reflect that way is mismanaging the quarterback situation right this quarterback situation never made sense for this team and um the reason it doesn't make sense is because most people who i think really looked at what jimmy garoppolo did in 2019 the way they structured their offense the way they used rpos the way shanahan was able to protect him with the run game the way they used play action And the way the league was kind of getting towards being able to stop these kinds of things and stop the RPO game and stop the middle of the field throwing with two high coverages and all that, you could kind of see that there was going to be issues with the 49ers not being as talented in 2019 winning games with Garoppolo playing this style. And for them to act like, okay, we can win this way. We'll take a guy, we'll trade everything up. We'll take a guy and we'll start him in 2022, but we still think we have a Super Bowl roster now 
and we're going to try to win the Super Bowl. Now, it just you can't have your cake and eat it, too. There's a lot of really good football teams in the NFL. I thought it was very arrogant for them to say we don't need the help of the 12th pick in the draft. We don't even need first-rounders next year. We're going to go make the playoffs this year and then start the, our guy next year and turn him into, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It's, to me, it was a little over the top. It's a little bit. It's a little idealistic. I think that's the word. I, the yeah. situation's obviously not playing out that way, and I think that's the biggest issue. Now, to be fair to them, you know, I live in Chicago. Both of you guys know that, so I've seen a lot of Lions games in the past. So I was advocating for Matthew Stafford since about the 2020 offseason. I was advocating it for about a year, actually. The way I got started in doing all this sports stuff is because I got connected with people because I kept saying, you know, like that's a guy. Matthew Stafford's a guy. So. You know, he wanted to be a Ram. They try. It seems they tried the Watson situation. That got weird. They flirted with Brady. So they have tried the veteran routes, and the veteran route would have been the correct decision because it makes more sense for their timeline. But unfortunately, this is where we're at, and we're just going to have to see how all of this plays out because they have a lot of people to pay next year. And I'm of the belief from what I've seen that Trey Lance is still going to need one more year of even when he starts in 2022, where it's going to be up and down, you're going to have to put up with a little bit of rawness still. And if it's that way, it's going to be tough to do that and go through the ups and downs of having a young quarterback when you have the highest paid defensive end where Nick Bosa is trending towards getting paid this offseason, highest paid left tackle in Trent Williams, a $20 million defensive lineman in Eric Armstead, the second highest paid linebacker in football in Fred Warner, Debo Samuel will be trending towards a big contract. It's really, really tough to manage all of that. And so we're going to just have to see how it plays out. No, and, and, and the reason why I asked that is because I thought, okay, so you brought up uh, earlier about how mm-hmm. he's kind of trended down this season. And I saw where they've benched him. However, I thought Garoppolo hasn't played as well. And I know Trey Lance has been injured, but I've kind of wondered, okay, when does Shanahan get to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to move towards just giving Trey Lance the keys here. You know, I would have done that from day one. I don't see the point of playing Garoppolo because I just felt like there was such a defined ceiling with this team with Garoppolo. I was like, just rip the Band-Aid off, put him out there from day one. And as fans, like going through a losing season sucks, but I'd rather go through a losing season where the last three games of the season, you know, he finally figures it out and he puts together three great games and I can be like, okay, I'm excited. I can hype him up for an off season. I can feel like, yes, we're trending in the right direction. So I would have yep. said put him in from day one. It's really tough. I mean, most people wanted to put him in after Garoppolo got injured, but then he got injured. So it's really right. tough to say. I think they will also reach that point if they lose to the Bears. You know, once you lose to the Bears, you have to play Minnesota and Cincinnati, which I think most people looked at at the beginning of the year. I didn't look at Minnesota. I definitely looked at Cincinnati that way as gimme wins. I don't think they're gimme wins at all, especially. I think they'll have a lot of trouble on the outside with Jamar Chase, especially with the way they're committing pass interference this year. And then, of course, they have to play Arizona once more and the Rams twice, which it's very, it's looking like those two games would be, those three games would be losses at this point. I think they would also just rip the band aid off because then the best way to salvage the season for the 49ers is somehow having Trey Lance improve throughout the season because that, that itself will be a little bit of a deodorant on another losing season for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe the reason why he's sticking with Garoppolo is just because he is trying to eye that playoff spot and he probably realizes people are looking at me right now. And, and so everybody's like, you got to get it done. So I think also to our situation here in Chicago, 
when we went to Justin Fields, which a lot of our fan base was clamoring for, A-Dub and I, on the other hand, we wanted Dalton to stay in there because we were fearing what we've seen so far with Justin Fields is the fact that the kid's taking a beating. He's been getting hit a lot. And I worry that his confidence is a little shaken right now. However, there's no going back to Dalton, so we got to ride the wave, right? But that was kind of one of my concerns. So maybe Shanahan's on to something here. Maybe, you know, let that kid continue to learn behind Garoppolo and I guess let the chips fall where they may. I think the biggest difficulty with that is I think people automatically attribute sitting to developing because, you know, Patrick Mahomes did that and Aaron Rodgers did that. So why can't every quarterback do that? And I, the issue I have with that is one Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns his first year of starting. You can't tell me if he started as a rookie, but like because he sat as a rookie, he just second year had one of the greatest quarterback seasons we've ever seen. I don't buy that. I think that's bullshit. But the other thing I will say is they don't <laughs> account for the quarterbacks who didn't have success sitting Paxton Lynch, Jake Locker, all these kinds of people. Oof. They don't account for the quarterbacks who did have success starting. And so my, my, my point with this entire thing is there's no way of telling whether sitting helps a quarterback or starting helps a quarterback. I, I think everything, you know, you take into account, if you really draft a great quarterback, he's probably going to succeed regardless of whether he sits or whether he starts. It would be nice to know how much Trey Lance is really getting better for a guy who hasn't played football in two years, but it, it's tough to say at this point. I totally understand that. So looking at this matchup on Sunday, I know you're going to be at the game. What are some of your keys in this matchup for the 49ers to beat the Bears? Yeah, I think there's really two keys. The first things first is they got to be able to block this front seven. That starts, it's with the Bears, it starts up front. I mean, the Buccaneers game, I know people are immediately looking at all the Justin Fields stuff and all that, but I, I thought the biggest issue was that they missed the team picks and Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, who was much maligned for his performance last year after the money they gave him, has been terrific this season. Yep. Akeem Hicks, when he plays the Chicago Bears, are a very good defense. It's been consistent since he's been a Bear because he's a very good player. And then, of course, Khalil Mack, who's not playing, is a beast. So uh, not having Khalil Mack in this game is definitely helpful. And then the other thing is I think they got to be able to take shots off play action. I think that the one weakness, if I've seen, I mean, I haven't watched every Bears game this year. They play a lot of quarters coverage under yep. Sean Desai, which is what Vic Banjo does and all that. And the one thing that you're susceptible to do in quarters coverage is you can take shots off play action because those safeties will jump crossers. And Eddie Jackson is very susceptible to sub, um, jumping crossing routes because that's how he turn, creates turnovers and wreaks havoc. But you can also get big plays on him. And we saw the Rams do that in week one. I think that was their shot play to Cooper Cup, the second touchdown. They had him in quarters and Eddie Jackson yeah, he jumped, jumped the backside in. And Cooper Cup yeah. was wide open behind him. So I think you can get shots against them that way. You can get shots off play action. And the 49ers have not been efficient. They've not been able to create explosive plays in the run game or the pass game. And I think they need it against the Bears. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. 
DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. This offer is only for new customers. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. A-Dub, it's on the table potentially for Khalil Mack to go on IR for three to four weeks, which we've already seen that the defense had a little bit of a step back from, you know, in that Tampa Bay game. While we know that the offense kind of led to some of that, but when you lose a guy like Khalil Mack, we don't know what's going to happen with Robert Quinn or Hakeem Hicks. What are some of your thoughts thinking about our defense now going up against the San Francisco 49ers offense? Man, Press, it looks like next man up. We talked about Gibson stepping up last time, and, and now Eddie Goldman again. We're talking about him as well because we're missing two key guys. I mean, we're really going to need the depth to really take a charge in this game here and really show us what they have because we're going to need them in a game like this. Yeah, and I would say, too, when I'm thinking about this matchup, I mean, COVID really wreaked havoc against the Bears organization these last couple of weeks. I mean, we have a number of guys that are out. The damn head coach tested positive <laughs> for COVID, right? So yeah. it's just we got a lot going on. But with that, though, the Bears now are going through some enhanced protocols at Hallis Hall now. We saw this week that the media access turned to virtual. So now you can see now that they're kind of scaling back to kind of how things were last year because you don't want a damn outbreak. Because right now right. the situation has been pretty tough trying to navigate. The COVID situation really affected our offensive line last week. So there's just a lot of things that are going on with this team. And we talked about some of the off-the-field things. There's just a lot of drama. And, and honestly, it's too much drama to, for us to even focus on. I just want to talk about football. I don't be talking about people posting stuff on social media, COVID. Like, let's talk about football. But right now with this Bears team, there's so many distractions and there's so much dysfunction going yes. on right now. Absolutely, Brez. It puts so much pressure now on your offense. I like the fact, too, that Jason Peters, our offensive lineman, gave us an update on some of our injuries because our head coach tells us nothing. I'm telling you, Jason Peters, in one 10-minute interview with the media, explained more about the injuries on this team than Matt Nagy has done in four years. Because, Vish, Matt Nagy treats everything here like it's Fort Knox. I mean, you're not getting anything out of Matt Nagy. So Jason Peters is the one to let us know, hey, Tevin Jenkins, who's been out with the back surgery, he may be coming back in a couple of weeks. And he also let us know Larry Borum, our promising rookie tackle, is back to practice. And that's something in this matchup that gives me a reason to be excited, guys, because we've struggled at right tackle. That's been a fucking turnstile all season for those opposing pass rushers. So hopefully Warren can come in there at right tackle on Sunday and shore things up because we're going to need it going against that damn pass rush. Because Bosa, A-Dub, that's a guy right there. He's a beast. He's going to be going all four quarters on us. Yeah, man, Bosa is the real deal. And that is definitely scary when you think about all the other pass rushes we went against so far this season. And now we got him, right? It doesn't get any easier. So I do worry about that when it comes down to Justin Fields based upon all the sacks he's taken so far this year. So hit me with uh, a couple of your keys, man. So one of my keys, though, Perez, in this game, we're probably going to have to speed it up. I think when you actually speak the game up, it keeps Justin Fields in a good rhythm. He said to make accurate throws that way. Give him too much time, that's when things sort of break down a little bit. So I will say keep the speed of the game going. 
Yeah, the tempo. I think that I like that key yes. dub. I think that's going to be very important to piggyback off of that. When I look at the matchup, I think having more balance. Now, this is something that we've talked about a little bit on the show, but I think that's going to be really key in this matchup to make sure that we're doing things, that, the trend towards getting a victory, because we know our running game, that running game has been the most dependable part of our offense. However, right. the timing in the passing game has not been there. Now, we saw with A-Rob, made his comments this week, basically saying him and Justin Fields don't have that chemistry, don't have that timing because he said, what, A-Dub? He didn't get a lot of work with Justin Fields in training camp. That was something that I was critical of with this coaching staff of why isn't Justin Fields getting any reps with the ones? Well, now we're seeing it play out on the field. So I hope that we get better balance, and I hope that A-Rob and Justin Fields can start to get more of that timing between each other because if we don't get that balance on offense, we're doomed. You're right, the running game and the passing game, both executing, particularly in this game here. Now, Vish, I wanted to get your thoughts on my second key here. My second key is around Shanahan because I feel like he's been out of rhythm a bit with his play calling. Now, I don't want to get too caught up in play calling, but I want to get your thoughts on that because I think the second key for us to have success against the Niners is if we can keep him out of rhythm. Well, what are your thoughts there as far as Shanahan and his play calling and I guess the rhythm of the offense? Yeah, I think a lot of people look at Kyle Shanahan's uh, offensive success this year and they immediately go to the fact that, you know, he's not been a good play caller or play designer this year as good because he's been so good at making chicken soup out of chicken shit. But the reality of the situation (laughs) is I think you hit the nail on the head. He's just not had a rhythm this year. It's not because they're not calling, you know, good plays or they don't have stuff steamed up. It's because... The Niners make execution errors that veteran teams shouldn't do, and it puts them in a lot of negative down and distance situations, and it takes him out of his play calling flow. So I'm absolutely with you. I I think the Bears need to create negative plays and put the 49ers, you know, in third and long because they've not been a good third down football team. You put them in third and long, and they have a quarterback who's not that great in the drop back pass game. They have an offensive line who I I don't know if Trent Williams is going to play this week. And so if Robert Quinn plays, you know, he, he should have success. If the team Hicks plays, he should have success. And so they, they will struggle a little bit in the drop back pass game like that. And then the receivers, I mean, I mean, outside of Debo Samuel, there's not anybody that's consistently winning enough for people to say, you know, you've got to be scared of that guy. So I'm a hundred percent with you. If you can create negative plays on first and second down. You can really throw off the rhythm of this offense and shit. Yeah, and that was that was what I was kind of wondering because I was telling Ada before we jumped on, I've done like a ton of like all 22 work with the, with the Niners so far for this season, and that was some of the things that I kind of saw. And I'm like, man, if they don't get those explosive runs, then it kind of seems like it kind of throws them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you hit a good point there, Perez, and that's why one of my keys for the Bears really was to stop the 49ers run game, the last one up the middle. It's like you guys attacked there very well against these other teams. We can slow that down and pretty much put all the pressure on Jimmy G to get this thing organized. And with Jimmy G, as Vish mentioned, he has struggled a bit. And also with that, you all been here with a lot of penalties too. So that rhythm is throwing guys off like Jimmy G and Shanahan. So if that happens, we're in good shape. Yeah, you guys would be in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get out of here, Vish, I have to get your your score prediction. And, And I would say give this prediction with the thoughts that Khalil Mack and Hakeem Hicks probably will not play. I, I think Hakeem Hicks is going to be a game-time decision. That was going to be tough. That might be a big a big loss for us if he's not able to play. But what are you thinking here about the game on Sunday? 
Yeah, so I predicted this game on yesterday. Um, I said 23-17 Bears, but I was under the assumption Khalil Mack, Bakeem Hicks, and Robert Quinn were all going to play, and I just thought the Bears at home was going to be windy. Jimmy G is going to struggle to throw the football again, and that front seven was going to overwhelm the Niners. Now that we're going under the lens of uh, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks not playing, I'm going to flop. I'm going to split this score actually, and I'm going to take <laughs> Niners 23-17 uh, because I think the Bears are going to obviously have trouble with the Niners front. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, slugfest, grinded-out type game. I just think the Niners will be able to outlast the Bears without Khalil Mack and without a. Hey, I, I like that take, and I will say um, that that front four for you guys is pretty solid, and that's why I, I mentioned that our rookie tackle Borum coming back because if he doesn't, mm-hmm. I think we may be in trouble because you know you you've seen what that pass rush has done to the Bears' offense. I mean, I'm not even talking about the Cleveland Browns game anymore, but we saw the example that happened on Sunday, and I don't want to see Justin Fields' head bouncing off of the grass on, on Soldier Field on Sunday like it has a couple times this season. The Bears offense is weird. I, I haven't watched the Bucks game, but it's weird to me because to me, the ideal offense for Justin Fields, the way he is today is, you know, kind of what Tennessee does with Ryan Tannehill. You run the football and you run the football well, and then you play action and you look to throw the football down the field. And he's a special right. deep passer with special athleticism and special toughness to, and willingness to sit in the pocket and throw the football down the field. And you have Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. So you should be able to do that. But for whatever reason, they've been able to unlock this run game, especially when laser calls plays. But they have this obsession with calling quick game with Justin Fields. And if you want to call quick game with Justin Fields, Justin Fields, based on his Ohio State play, should not have been a first-round quarterback if you're talking just about quick game because he was the worst quick game quarterback out of all the guys who were taken in the first round. He has kind of a slower release, and he he just wasn't very good at the quick game and screen game. He was a little bit inaccurate, even though he's a really accurate quarterback. It was one of the weirdest things of the draft process. So I don't understand what's going on. I thought they had success because I had the game going on my phone while I was watching a couple other games. So I, I kind of thought they had success running the football against the Bucs or as much success you could have against the Bucs running the football. But then I didn't seem to see a lot of, you know, play action and longer developing shot plays. I saw a lot of quick games spread, spread them out, put them in five man protections and treat Justin Fields like he's Drew Brees. And it, it did not lead to a good result. So, I, I mean, I'm excited if I get to watch a chance to go back and watch the Bucks game before Sunday's game, I'll go do that. But otherwise, I'm excited to see how this plays out because I'm, I'm really confused with what the Bears are doing offensively with Justin Fields right now. Uh, welcome to the club because I can't tell you <laughs> what the hell we're doing, bro. I really can't. And whether it's laser, whether it's Nagy, I always tell people it's Nagy's playbook. It's his design. So whether whoever's calling the plays, Neither one of them were doing any service to this quarterback. So uh, I'll digress they didn't, there. They, they didn't do success to their last quarterback because their last quarterback was more suited for an under center play action game. And we saw you put him in kind of a bootleg version of McVay's offense like they did for the last eight games of last season. A lot of boots, a lot of heavy play action. You let David Montgomery carry this team. Justin Fields is, to me, way more talented than Trubisky. He's just way more accurate than Trubisky, especially down the field. But he's also suited for this under center pass game. I don't know why Nagy sees the play calling again. I I mean, I don't like the Bears, but I like Justin Fields, and I'm so confused with what's happening right now. Like, I don't see the rhyme or reason for the way they do things. 
neither do I. And you don't like the Bears. And sometimes I think that Matt Nagy doesn't like the Bears either because I don't know what that is. <laughs> I really don't. Hey, Doug, what uh, final score prediction do you have for us? I have the score prediction 23-21 Bears. And the reason I had it that close because I've seen the 49ers kind of self-destruct in a way. <laughs> they just kind of like made some boring mistakes with turning the football over. And I thought that, hey, this is the kind of game they can play in that could possibly hurt them with the weather and all those different things. So I kind of gave an edge to the Bears on that standpoint, thinking you guys may just struggle a little bit. That's a fair point. Now, I will <laughs> say this for, for our audience. The Bears are a three-and-a-half-point home underdog. You guys heard that right. Three-and-a-half-point home underdog. That's according to DraftKings. Now. When I look at this matchup, I still say this, guys. It remains to be seen if Laser or Nagy are going to be able to get Justin Fields going. Now, I agree with everything you said, Vish, as far as that guy's talent, what he's going to be able to bring to the table. But I haven't seen enough that's given me confidence that these guys are going to be able to unlock this. Now, hopefully they prove me wrong on Sunday. But the running game, that shit has been alive and well. We are able to put up some really good stats against the number one rush defense on Sunday. Any Bears fan out there that said that you expected Khalil Herbert to go over 100 yards against Tampa, you're a liar. Stop it. Because I didn't expect that. I was pleasantly surprised that it happened. And I hope that that trend continues on Sunday. So with my prediction, I think this Bears game, this Bears 49ers game is going to be an ugly game. The Bears will pull it out. I think they're going to win 19 to 14. It's going to be a super close game. And if any of our sports bettors out there, Take the Bears to cover that plus three and a half. I've been looking at that shit all fucking day, and I'm like, I can't wait to throw some money <laughs> down on that shit. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, but so that's kind of my thoughts there with this matchup. Honestly, I think this is a winnable game, but with the way that we've played this season, you can't feel that way. You know, at the beginning of the season, Vish, A-Dub and I, we do our season breakdown, and I said, okay, the Niners game, this should be a game that we should win. And I, I felt a little confident about it this summer. Now I'm looking at this matchup and I'm like, shit, this thing can go either way. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly how I'm looking at it, honestly. I'm like, wow, both these teams suck. That's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Vish, well, man, thank you so much for jumping on. Before you get out of here, can you tell the audience how they can connect with you on Twitter? And just give them a little lowdown about your YouTube show there. Because like I said, he's got some really great content. So I would like for you to share that with the audience real quick. Yeah, so my um, Twitter is just my name, at Vish Kumar. You can follow me. You can connect with me there. The other thing I do is I have a YouTube channel. It's with my buddy from high school and before that, uh, Blake. And it's called Blake and Vish Sports. Kind of cheesy name, but we couldn't. We weren't that creative. We talk <laughs> about everything. Talk about the Niners. We talk about he's a Packers fan. So Packers. We talk about the Bears. We talk about everybody. Mostly who's doing good in the NFL. So, Whenever we get a chance, we're both college students, but whenever we get a chance, we talk sports and it's fun. And we talk hoops too. Bulls, that's a good topic of conversation today. Yes. I, I like the Bulls a lot. So um four and oh. So at least that's a bit more exciting. We haven't talked hoops <laughs> this year yet. We need to, but that'll at least be more fun. But yeah. yeah for sure. And that and that I mean the Chicago Sky winning the title. So we've had some good things here happening in the city. And so <laughs> the Bears, not so much, but I'm hoping that the Bulls, to your point, I hope that they make A-Dub and I forget about some of the ills that Matt Nagy makes us feel on, on game day. <laughs> Great point there, Prince. <laughs> All right, well, Vish, thank you so much, man, for jumping on it. And have fun out there on, on Sunday at the game. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, man, peace out. A-Dub, man, that was dope, man. That was dope.
Yes, it was, man. Bitch the man. I mean, he came with it, press. That's oh, what I'm man. talking about. He came in there, and then he also he also stomped on your keys. I'm like, okay, I see you, bitch. <laughs> I see you, bitch. But hey, oh, man. I, I got to roll with it. Oh, that's that's a man that watches films. So I, I hey, I, I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. So audience, we are on to the Niners here. We got the Winter Circle on deck. So we're gonna have this episode out to you guys on Thursday. Winter Circle is gonna be out on Friday. I unfortunately will not be able to go to the game on Sunday, but you know I'm gonna be somewhere watching today, Doug. You know how yes, we do. Sir. <laughs> yeah, you will. But at the same time, I donated some tickets to uh, CPS students here in Chicago. So, you know, that student is a 4.0 student. So they'll be able to check out the game first time going to a Bears game. So definitely was uh, happy that I would be able to provide that opportunity for someone. And again, A-Dub, I don't know what to expect on Sunday, but I'll be tuned in and I'll be texting your ass constantly on Sunday, my guy. <laughs> Yes, sir, you will. But I don't want to let this go by, man. Prez, your generosity, man. You've always been a great guy and always looked out for students, everyone else. Sometimes that go unnoticed, but I got to throw out that again, brother. Thank you for that contribution to the CPS for giving out those tickets to those kids. Oh, man, no doubt, man. I appreciate you, brother. Audience, let's get this dub on Sunday. Thanks for the support of the Barry Central's podcast, and we are out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Barry Central's podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.